Scott Johnson, artist of Extra Life at MyExtraLife.com. And you're listening to Versus the World Radio. Versus the World Productions. What has been heard cannot be unheard. www.vtwproductions.com The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Title and background music for this production provided courtesy of Sean Beeson, composer for media. Find him on the web at www.seanbeeson.com. That's S-E-A-N-B-E-E-S-O-N.com. I don't like this place. Alive, it's alive, it's alive! Do not panic, ladies and gentlemen. The casuals have taken control of the airwaves. This is Casually Hardcore, live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. If you wish to participate in today's show, please come to the website and choose chat at the top of the page. If you have a webcam, click on chat and video to join the video wall. If you want to do IRC chat, click on chat and you can use our web-based IRC client to join in the chat during the show. If you want to email the show, the address is ch at vtwproductions.com. That's ch as in casually hardcore at vtwproductions.com. And now... On with the show! For Sunday, the 22nd of July, 2012, this is Casually Hardcore. I'm Gnomewise. I'm Iolite. And I'm Grail. You are the world and we are versus you. Uh, you stole that. It's been that. so long since that was said on the air. It, it, it <laughs> needed you, to happen. You, you stole that. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No, okay. they retired it. They abandoned it. I was going to say, the copyright should be uh, So, so basically, <laughs> you walked by and picked it up. It's recycled. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You damn mm. skippy. Mm. <laughs> We're a green show. That's right. What does it feel secondhand to <laughs> no me? No bit shall go unused, oh, ladies and germs. Right. Welcome to Casual Hardcore Live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. If you turned in, turned in. Your I've started off today very well here. Don't do drugs, kids. If you tuned in for Show X and discovered that the video wall was non-functional, it has been repaired. Well, so apparently somebody who uh, is the carrier of Reginald is saying he is unable to get on said video wall. He's doing it wrong. I, well, I mean that because go, all that the cool kids saying. are there right now. What are you doing wrong? All two of them. Hush. <laughs> Me down the corner, straight. Away. Oh, okay. So there's three. Those are cool kids. The cool ones. The all ones. Right, what yeah. matter? Got yeah. it. Speaking of <laughs> the bearer of Sir Reginald mm. Esquire. Esquire. If you are joining us in Internet Relay Chat, and you should be if you're listening live, you will find lurking there our very own producer, nay, IRC rep, the one and only Barry Vaughn. Awesome. Barry White, save my life. 
If you have something to bring to our attention during the show, please send a personal message to the aforementioned Barry VA, and he will bring it to our attention. Please don't PM us directly during the show, because we're going to ignore you. That's how we roll. Yeah, pretty much. His beard is large anyway. Right. So yeah, restart your browser, Barry. You're doing it wrong. Get back on the video wall. You need to see what kind of hat you're wearing. It's a hat thing. It's a I know. Thing. Well, there's a boba on the wall, so... Boba. boba. Yeah. Could that possibly be boba fetish? Uh, Maybe. It could happen. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what? We'll, we'll go with that. I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh, hush. Come on, let's just do an unpress- unprecedented thing and forward 10 minutes into the show. Okay. Acknowledge Barry and also... Define the segment. Play the intro. All right. Woohoo! Tangents are kind of a big deal. So it's nice. been a week. Yeah. And it's been a week. Yeah, it just keeps being week after week after it's, week. It's, it's amazing that how that seems to repeat itself. Yeah, no. and yeah. Eventually it becomes a month. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and then a Holy year. Holy crap, yeah. Batman. I know. Yeah. Oh, speaking it's, of Batman. Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, acknowledge the uh, 800-pound gorilla in the room and send out our uh, warm thoughts and condolences to the victims of the horrific and uh, senseless shooting spree in Aurora, Colorado. Now, for those of you who may may not be paying attention, Aurora, Colorado is where several of the members of Versus the World Productions live. Right. Right. Octail, Hordak, Doc Dead, many of their extended friends... Thankfully, all of them have reported in as being safe yes. and appear to not have been directly affected uh, by the utterly horrifying uh, goings-on there. And in other words of horror, I've already won, been watching the uh, media dog pile on top of, this is what violent movies do. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. It was 13 minutes, I think, that someone counted before... Some news media outlet was attempting to make the very scientific connection between the violence in The Dark Knight Rises, which at no, that point no one had seen because it was the first bleepity bleep showing. Yeah. And right. the, him wearing the Batman-inspired body armor. Mm-hmm. It was off-the-shelf riot gear. Right. Unmodified. Right. Just yeah. what the people in the media will do to sensationalize before people's Bodies have cooled. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is ghoulish. Yeah. To observe, they have to get a headline. No, they don't. Well, okay, they feel they think they, they have, have to, to get a right. headline. The reality and the right. human thing is, no, they don't freaking have to be ghouls. Nope. But they are. Yep. So shout down to exploitive media outlets. Right. Uh, intercepting survivors before they've had a chance to process or deal with any of this as they exited the theater and shining bright lights in their faces and shoving cameras up their noses. Right, right. And then drawing sound conclusions from the (laughs) panicked utterances of someone who just narrowly escaped death. Right. Ghoulish. Yeah, they're terrible. They are. So our thoughts are with you, Mm -hmm. people of Aurora. And here's hoping it's another... Millennium before we have to deal with the latest senseless tragedy right. um, scrolling across our television or computer screens. Because, damn. Damn. No kidding. 
Well, on an upbeat, on note. An upbeat <laughs> note, every I haven't seen it yet, but every person that I know that was enthused to go see it had high expectations has come out and saying, oh my God, it exceeded my high expectations. Yeah, all the reports I've so, seen are the reviews of yeah. The Dark Knight Rises are a very satisfying and uh, fine conclusion right. to the Nolan era of the Batman storytelling. And yeah. it has... Taken in about $160 million this weekend so far. That's got to be somebody guessing because um, most of the theater companies, most of the movie companies, out of respect for the, the things going on in Colorado, have said, we're not going to publish. Right. They said, don't, they said, don't tell anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is from Gawker.com. The Dark Knight Rises earned $160 million this weekend. Of but don't tell anyone. Uh, yeah. The whole Gawker uh, series of sites, they're the same kind of vultures. Yeah, exactly. Goes right in there with them. So yeah, there are no official numbers because they're like, ah, it's probably bad taste to say, hey, look, here's how much money we made on the blood of our customers. It's, it's well, it it's very tasteless to, yes, talk about, talk about that. Um, it's less important at this point in time. I agree, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I had speculated initially, would they... You know, would they delay the release? It was already underway. There's no know, pulling would it they, back at that right. point. You know, it well, they could have asked the theaters. So, but what, what are the theaters going to do? And, and what would it have achieved other than piss off a lot of people, make a lot of right. people really angry, and damage the income of the theater owners? And right, yeah. I mean, unless I mean, there's a mysterious Lazarus effect in there, it's not going to achieve anything that we would want it to. <laughs> yeah, respect. Well, I mean, they didn't in in previous. Tragedies of this magnitude, they didn't like the Virginia Tech tragedy. They didn't close down every campus across the nation. They kept colleges open. Agreed. Columbine, they still left other schools schools open. open. So, I mean, this theater specifically where it happened, I'd imagine that was closed. I think it's probably very closed at this point. Uh, It's still a crime scene at this point. Right. That's what I mean. So, I'm. But the other ones, I don't think. I don't think it's in bad taste to keep showing. The, the movie where this happened to happen at. I mean, to me, this was a case of a guy realizing there was going to be a large concentration of people, most likely unarmed, in one very tight enclosure space. Yeah, I mean, really the only thing I'm... I have the slightest curiosity is what this person's motivation was, because yeah. there's no... No history that's come nope. like, you know, you know, hate group membership or anything. He was withdrawing from his PhD program. Right. So we may, you know, the withdrawal may be an indication of some kind of downward spiral in his life, but that's really all they got. Um, so let me genuinely say that, that other than from the perspective of I would like the police officers and profilers and everything like that to understand what his motivation was, I really don't care what his motivation was. I care that he went into a theater and shot innocent people and created that kind of... of Fear and terror and mayhem. Yes. And I don't think he should get... His 15 minutes of fame. Right. I feel like he's... Yes, we need to know his name. Yes, we. there are certain things that... But I really, really hate when these... People who are truly wrong and broken uh, achieve a level of notoriety that... Well, their names become notorious because they get associated with the horror. Sure. Right. But if you look closer to home, the, the Tucson shootings where like, 12, 12 people were... Oh, seven, yeah. seven or 12 people were killed. No, 12 was or uh, seven or so were killed down here. Yeah. 
they've done a pretty good job of keeping that guy out of the limelight. Right. They moved him to like Montana. Yeah. Um, and they're not making a big deal about his court proceedings. You hear stuff out there. It's like, you know, there, there's a hearing as to his you know, soundness of mind. But I've seen the court systems getting progressively better and better about not giving these people Thing. a platform right. that they desire. Because sometimes what the goal has been in these things is to get their day in court in front of the cameras to stand on their soapbox and read their manifesto. And they're willing to sacrifice people's lives to get that their all-important message across. And I have seen over the course of my lifetime the courts getting better about saying, oh, really, you want that? Yeah. Uh, closed proceedings. Yeah. Uh, yes, it'll go down in the court records, to which there is an unpre- unprecedented level of access these days due to the Internet. Right. It's not the same thing as being on all channels and mm. reading and orating to the masses. So you're going to go in a hole, and that's where you will stay. And depending on the state that you perpetrated this in, we'll only pull you out when we're going to kill you. And that's the end of that. So that's media vultures and ghouls aside. The system, I think, is doing a better job of not sensationalizing people who do this kind of thing. And that gives me a little, little bit of hope for humanity there. Right. So they're doing it right. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> uplifting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so Cut I'm that. I'm gonna I'm gonna change the um, yeah I'm gonna change the subject. You okay. go, girl. Um, change the vibe. Bear enters mall through automatic doors in Pennsylvania. That's awesome. And they have the video. This poor little one-year-old female bear cub. Oh, cub. Little hundred well hundred twenty-five pounds. Mm. Okay, so little not on little the bear little scale, but one one-year-old. Goes into the parking lot. All these people start chasing it with their cars. Oh, that's a great idea. Guys. It gets <laughs> scared, runs towards the building, automatic doors open, it runs inside. Okay. And they've got the whole thing on video and wandered around a Sears store for about an hour. That's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the idea was um, so the mall was. <laughs> promptly evacuated wildlife conservation officers were able to trap the bear between the double doors and shoot it with tranquilizers. So oh, wow. it still managed to get back in the store and wander around for about an hour before it fell asleep. <laughs> so uh, very, very, uh, apparently very excited. Uh, How badly do you need that craftsman's tool set? <laughs> There's a yeah. bear in that aisle. <laughs> exactly. I'm out of here. <laughs> Well, and I suspect that at 125 <laughs> pounds, a scared bear would do a lot of damage. That was yeah. That's a pretty big, you know, yes, it's still a cub. It's not a 500-pound bear, but That's it's still, still a, pretty scary. It's a big bear. I mean, if you saw so, a 125-pound dog, you'd be really worried. So Yeah. 125 pound of, of freaked-out bear is still 125 pounds of freaked-out freaked bear. bear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So there's no sheesh. just about it. <laughs> yeah. So it was definitely one of those moments where I was like, now that is a very interesting story. Yeah. There is so. something you don't see no. every day. Yeah, no. that was uh you know, thank you to the Huffington Post actually right. for where I found that one. <laughs> that and the other Post. one, wow. just to make sure we've completely moved away from our prior topic and we can start talking about actual tangents again. Jonah Falcon, man with world's largest Equipment. Penis. 
frisked by TSA at the California airport. Mm. How could you not Because they be? didn't believe that, was his unit. that that was his actual unit, yes. Was that down your left leg, sir? That would be my penis. <laughs> That'd be me. <laughs> Step over here, sir. Okay. Exactly. You're telling um, me that this is your penis. Yes, it is. Oh, my God, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Allow me to present to you my certificates and awards and my exactly. entry in the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> Actually, it, in the article, it says that the Guinness Book of World Records doesn't track that sort of thing. Oh. You think they should. Um, they track every goddamn other thing. I was going to say. I know. Um, yeah. But basically, where did it say that? I read it there in the article. So, yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, good. So he says he's just going to wear bike shorts from now on, so Ooh. it's really obvious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says, that way they'll know. Then it'll be public indecency. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody will know. Everybody knows. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, oh my. Oh, yeah. my. Oh, and, yeah, I love his Facebook page. <clears throat> if you've never spent time on, um, I'm sorry, I can't pull his name. Oh my! Oh, George Takei. George Takei. Yeah. yeah, George Takei. If you can't, if if you haven't spent time on his Facebook page, then you're just not having a good day. Yeah. You're not doing it right. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Oh my. Oh my. So the I already did the bit about the repair of the video wall. Right. I have submitted to Apple for approval version 1.0 of the VTW app, and from what I'm reading, it could be. Any random amount of time, precisely they will get to it whenever the hell they feel like it. Cool. And will accept or reject it without or with reason <laughs> at some random moment in time. And I've read about this problem with the Apple App Store yeah. before. This is my first time experiencing it. Because um, there's simply no hard and fast anything about it. You submit it. And then you watch the status and the submission tool. And you have to have a Macintosh to be able to submit, by the way. Okay. Little, That's interesting. little footnote there. Huh. That, and, it, and it needs to be a reasonably up-to-date version of OS X because they update the de- developer tools really quickly and they end-of-life the old versions really quickly, oh, too. Wow. So this is a backdoor method of selling current Apple OS and hardware to developer teams. Yeah. Um, so screw you, Apple. Um, <laughs> thankfully, I had just done Snow Leopard on two of our machines here, and it was barely enough to get the right oh, stuff geez. to run to submit it. What's wild is I'm able to totally develop it on Windows. Uh-huh. But submission to submit it has to, has be, a to Mac- be via Macintosh. That's crazy. Or, the, or you can pay services who will use their Macintosh to, to submit, submit it for, for you. you at like 20 bucks a pop. Oh, my God. Wow. That's, that's going to be a money-making machine, yeah. judging from the number of rejections and resubmissions people have to do. Yeah. So it's a brilliant enterprise actually because I mean It's like it prints money. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the legacy of Uncle Steve. Oh my. Yeah. Uh, so um watch for that. We'll put a little tweet out or an announcement on the page when it's available for a free download. Uh similarly I'm working out the ins and outs of submitting the equivalent or nearly equivalent app to the Android marketplace, now the Google Play Store. Right. Whatever. Um, Branding. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, at the same time, these are my first experiences with the superior development environment of iOS. And my first real, ex- first-hand experience with the problems of fragmentation. Right. 
getting the damn Android app to work consistently across devices is a goddamn nightmare. <laughs> what works flawlessly and beautifully on one barfs and refuses to work on another one half generation older or newer device. You don't well, the push there, Google. Well, let's be let's be really clear that this is the difference between Walled Garden and, and open, source. Yeah. open Source. So you have a ton of control on the Apple side, and that can produce some really easy outcomes and as a that are high quality. I'll take that. Yeah. Right. You're, you're running into Microsoft's issue now. <laughs> and when I did the basic hardware class at UAT, my standard first day speech to all the, in the room full of Unix wonks and you know, anti-Microsoft freshmen. Mm -hmm. It's like, before you get too riled up about how crappy Windows is, consider the fact that Microsoft has to write this one piece of software to run on millions of permutations of hardware combinations that they have no control over. Right. And they also have no control over the middle bit the device driver that translates from the standard interface that Microsoft provides to whatever creative and new cutting edge ideas the hardware manufacturer may have come up with that's completely off the reservation on their video card or sound card. It is a freaking miracle that Windows works at all when you think about it that way. Android suffers from the same problem. Right. Right. So I'm trying to make the damn thing work at least reasonably consistently. Um, most annoying thing to get working is actually just the play the live stream player. On the iOS side, you know, the first tab in the app is listen live. Right. And it just uses the embedded uh, QuickTime player that's part of iOS. Streams beautifully. Just press play, listen. Similarly, when you play the archives, it you know, buffers it for a minute and then plays them just fine. On Android, there is no embedded player consistently across all the revisions. So the best I've been able to come up with is click here if it doesn't play. I have an embedded link that says this will take you to the download of the free third-party app that will allow you to stream the next time you press this button. Oh. So it's... It's, it's clever. It's clunky. a workaround. Yeah, yeah, it works. And it works on most platforms. So if you're interested in assisting with beta testing, uh, please contact me via email gnomewise at vtwproductions.com or PM me in the forums and let me know what kind of device you have. If you have an Android device, all I need is your email address so I can send you the link to do the, uh, what do they call it? Not peer-to-peer, -peer, but uh, ad hoc oh. installation. And if you have an iOS device, I need you to send me your unique device identifier, the UDID. The way you get that is you plug your device into iTunes, go to the summary page for your device, and it'll show you the serial number. If you click on the serial number, it changes to your UDID, which is a huge string of numbers and letters. You can then go up to the edit menu, pull down, it says copy UDID, copies it into your uh, clipboard, or clipboard and then you can paste it into an memory. email to me. So I need to, need to have your UDID to allow this to work with iOS. If you want to do it on Android, I just need your email address, and I'll send you links. And I'm interested in hearing your feedback. As many varietal tablets and mobile devices I can get so I can fine-tune this thing and give you guys all a really, really easy way to consume 
all the podcast archives, the forums, the Twitter feeds, and the live stream in one simple, easy-to-use, convenient, free app. Nice. Gots to love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. so I've been chatting. I was basically saying uh, Biomed Alchemist said that, that Google could make some standards that everyone has to follow to make an Android device. And I said they could just make recommended standards and it that would help. That they do. And everyone uh, says, no, we have a better idea. Yeah, I, have, yeah, I was going to say I haven't seen those. So they do make that? The, the, it's called the reference designs, the Nexus 1 mm. mm-hmm. and the Nexus S and now the Galaxy Nexus. Right. Mm-hmm. These are the reference designs. Here's the reference hardware and the reference OS and basically, Google saying, here's how we think you should do this. And everyone looks and says, that's very nice. Now we're going to turn off all the cool features and charge extra for them. Because mm. we're carriers, and that's how we make right. a buck. Right. Mm. But I'm not bitter or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no um, bitterness here. I'm very curious to see how the Nexus 7 does now that it's out in the wild, which is the first real... Now that thing. they've gotten it out of the box? You saw those. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I saw all those Most videos. Most things so. ever, because whenever you get a hot new piece of... Uh, hardware. There's always the videos. The, on the, unboxing. the unboxing. Sure, sure. The unboxing of this thing was uh. this horrifying nightmare of bad packaging design. Oh, no. So someone took all the different mainstream unboxing videos and just edited together the troubles people were having <laughs> into one massive video. And like, oh, God, can't get... So it was really Shaking really, it. Really desperately to get it open. Shitty box like design. Five <laughs> minutes to get this thing to shake box. apart. Yeah. And again, this is something, I mean... The box to shake even apart. Even the development of the next could take a lesson here from Apple is that Apple even really engineers how their pack their packaging. Oh, everyone's always trying to chase that that glorious yeah. Apple design because oh, it's yeah. so user friendly. It's so smooth how they usually when you open an iPad box or a new phone or an iPod or whatever. Yeah, it yeah. just folds out. It just makes sense how it's put together. And it's very easy you, to get you, to. You even hear the tone of voice. Hello. Yeah, exactly. Manufactured or designed by Apple in California. Yeah. And trust your <laughs> trust your device. It knows best. <laughs> What's wild is when your device says "get down," it means get down. Right. Get down, bitch. The you could see the Nexus Seven. They were going for that Apple affectation. Yeah, and they just <laughs> it was too tightly put together. Ah, uh. so the, the the pieces did not smoothly come apart. They were taped together oh. too securely, and the tolerances were too tight. So the box was very solid, too solid. Too solid, gotcha. They'd get like a butter like knife in wench, there, yeah. fry it open. Yeah. <laughs> right, so and, yeah, and you can and find the, the, the uh, YouTube uh, videos of the unboxing uh, of the Nexus 7 and the one that cuts all the bad unboxings yeah. together. It's hilarious. Oh, that's good. So it, um, the, the whole concept there of, of chasing... Apple design is, it's not only in the product, but the manufacturing, but I also picked up, um, you know, Sakani was saying that if Google wanted to, they could just get rid of all the manufacturer-skinned UIs, and that would be a big help. And my answer is, UI design is becoming so much more important because it's moving towards that user experience design component. that And, I mean, the, the concepts of user experience design have been around since the 90s, and people just haven't really looked at them as kind of a a cultural shift now other than Apple. Mm -hmm. They're really, really brilliant at that. And it's one of the things that the the experience comes in the package. It comes in the product. It 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 comes in the interface. It comes in the support services. It comes in the, you know, how you are greeted when you approach the Genius Bar. Mm -hmm. 
The so, fact that they named it the Genius Bar. I always get the finger when I approach the Genius Bar. It's because they know you. Exactly. It's because you're wearing a Microsoft T-shirt when you go in there. It's very consistent, though, so I'll give them that. <laughs> what up, bitches? Yeah. Oh, so Barry did find the link and put it in the black void. Nice. So if you need the link there, there you go. And it should be in our show notes as well. Oh, I mean, the but, Barry deserves another uh, yeah. shout-out for nice. that extra. So we'll give him... Silence! There we go. There okay, go. cool. Yeah, don't tell him to. Well, he's already being silent. He's typing it. That's true. <laughs> Look that better? Oh. One of the things that we brought home from Nerdtacular was like 15 um, Blizzard, different Blizzard t shirts because Blizzard had given a whole bunch of stuff to give away I think at Blizzard Nerdtacular. Was really, this is an they were to clear out some warehouses. <laughs> They did. Like they the did. last two expansions worth of leftover crap from BlizzCon last and the one before. Just give it to Scott. Just yeah. Get it out of here. And so, yeah, I mean, he was giving away stuff that was, it was awesome. And so it was, it was really, really cool to kind of walk out with all of these t-shirts and stuff. And one of them has the, <laughs> yeah, around the front and then a big uh, murky on the back. Mm-hmm. So murloc, murky, but a, a murloc. Right. Murlocos. Um, um, actually, I've been building a, a new gaming rig from salvaged parts hmm. over the last several days. Um, did had my first experience with uh, going up with a stripe set this time to try and do okay. the, do the SATA yeah mechanical hard drive, but try and get that improved performance. Cool. Um, it all, it, the video card that I had gotten to get us into Old Republic just refused to play nice with my existing rig. It okay. caused audio static no matter what configuration I put it in. Just some kind of disagreement between the designers of the card and the designers of my mother. So I've housed it in this separate machine now right. and kind of clued machines together and caught myself copying the World of Warcraft directory over from the old machine. <laughs> like, why am I doing why this? Why am I doing this? My subconscious is like, no, you're going to need this someday. Come on. <laughs> I know more about you than you knew yourself. Come on, just bring it over. Nice. And of course, Steam, which we'll talk about in the next segment. Yes. And we are neatly upon our next, or excuse me, our very first, first. break of the day. I've uh, warmed up some tracks from the recently passed and beginning to be released on vtwproductions.com. Tracks from Wootstock 4.0. Woot! And so this first one uh, coming to you is from The Double Clicks, and it's called Velociraptor. Mm. Though if you didn't know that the title was Velociraptor before it started playing, it starts off in a very interesting way Mm. and then leads to Velociraptor. So... We're going to enjoy that, or at least I am, because I didn't actually attend Wootstock this year, so I'm listening to this track. Excellent. We'll be back right after this. This show is brought to you in part by Audible. Audible Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet. With over 85,000 programs for more than 1,000 content providers, including leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Audible customers can also have their Audible content wirelessly delivered to their smart mobile devices daily, even while sleeping, taking the computer out of the equation. To find out more, visit vtwproductions.com and click on the audible.com advertisement on the left-hand side. Or visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. New customers in the United States and Canada will receive a free audiobook download when they sign up via that link. audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. 
This is a song about believing in yourself. You're not the right shape, and you're not, you're not, you're not the right shape, and you're not the right size. You don't get along with others, but you need to realize that the actors in the movies are not what you're supposed to be. You are good the way you are, because you are you, that's best you see. We've all been looking for role models and turned our eyes to Hollywood. But that's not where to find them. Look to yourself. Yes, that is good. It's okay. Velociraptor, don't be sad. Velociraptor, because you're the size of a turkey, not a lion. Can't turn a knob and don't have friends to rely on. The movies have created an unattainable expectation. The raptors in those films were a fictional creation. Don't judge yourself too hard, Velociraptor. You are good the way you are, Velociraptor. Rawr, Velociraptor. Rawr, Velociraptor. Thank you, Woodstock. We are the Double Clicks. This is my sister, Angela. I am her sister, Aubrey. This is my sister, Aubrey. <laughs> this is a song about a game we like. You're sure not tall, and you're not all that attractive. Cause you're a level eight dwarf, and you drink too much ale. You drink way too much ale. But you've got a nice axe, and you know how to use it. It's plus two against zombies. And the moment you set foot in this campaign, you set a magic missile on my heart and charm person on my brain. Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, I like playing Dungeons and Dragons with you. Yes, I do. Yes, I like playing Dungeons and Dragons. But I want to get you out of this fantasy world and into my fantasy and out of this basement and into the sun. Dungeons and Dragons. One time you saved me by setting an oncoming horde of golems on fire. And one time you saved me from the mouth of a volcano Cause you can levitate, which was a very clever spell choice And I think the other players might be starting to suspect Cause you're always saving me when shit turns to heck But this is so much more than Dungeons and Dragons Yes, I like playing Dungeons and Dragons with you Yes, I do. Yes, I like playing Dungeons and Dragons. But I want to get you out of this fantasy world and into my fantasy where you could be my boyfriend and we could go out to dinner. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. As we finish this battle, and we slay the dragon and look around her lair for loot like golden magic items i look around this room at all these fucking nerds and all their fucking books and their fucking dice and their primarily windows based computers and their doritos and mountain dew 
Everything here is disgusting but you. And Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, yes I, I like playing Dungeons and Dragons with you. Yes, I do. Yes, I like playing Dungeons and Dragons. But I want to get you out of this fantasy world and into my fantasy and into my bed where we could have sex. Dungeons and Dragons. This is Danielle Corsetto from Girls with Slingshots, and you are listening to Versus the World Radio. I hope you have a drink handy. Geeks in a Gaming World. Casually Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. It's Geeks in a Gaming World. Do you hear the, the lovely voice of that announcer who did that recording for us? It's just, mm. mm. That's, it turns me shivers. On. Oh. Oh. <laughs> little goosebumps. Yeah. A little warmer in spots I maybe shouldn't be in. I know Iolite mentioned this in the Black Void, but we haven't actually stated the, game, the t- call-in topic today. Yes. Well, since you created it, I'm leaving this one to you. Uh, I've created like the last four, and you haven't had that issue before. I'm not saying it's an issue. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's yours. No, that's fine. That's it. it. Well, we're going to do the antithesis of last week's call-in question, which was what your best moment is. Now we're going to go what your worst gaming moment was, which tends to have quite the selection. <laughs> I know when I thought about it, I was like, wow, I can't I have like five things <laughs> without even really even giving it a thought. I came up with five different Right things. off the top of your head. So we'll give you two time to think about it. We can do ours at the start of the segment in the fourth segment and then go into the calls. It's like the standard is wiping on insert boss name here sure. at 1% because one DPSer disconnected. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and you know or your healer or your tank DPS or... would have made all the difference. I'm really curious to see how many we get that's a shared experience like an MMO where you're doing something and like you right. all have this horrible experience or if it's going to be more single player. This freaking level of yeah. whatever game I could never get past. Right, exactly. So the final the finally consulting the internet right. for one of the final portal puzzles. What the freaking heck is and then you see it. Oh, oh, I should have seen that. I, so I feel so stupid. Oh, boy. But I'm totally going to do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody's looking. Because <laughs> I want to hear the ending of the story, damn it. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Hot cheese. I've been avoiding the internet for the last few days simply because I didn't wanted to avoid spoilers on Batman. Actually, I've been, I've been able to avoid those, but I have not been avoiding the final weekend of the Guild Wars 2 beta, which I finally got to participate in one before and, it's over. And it's really and, good. I really enjoyed it. It was, uh, I tried, you know, basically you have, when you only have three days to play, your decision is either you pick one class and you go as far as you can to see deeper into the game, or you play, try to play everything and right. just get a little bit which of Which direction view. did you go? I tried to play everything. So. <laughs> I got up to... Jack like, of all trades, master so, of none. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, it actually, I was surprised. The class that grabbed me the most right off the bat was the engineer. Really? Which I really wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. I did not think that class would appeal much to me, and I was having a blast playing as an engineer. Now, in the framework of Guild Wars 2, because you say engineer, and I got right. Team Fortress 2. Yeah. You're making turrets? What? Yeah. <laughs> really? You get, you get the ability to unlock turrets. You can dual-wield pistols. You have my you have attention. a rifle that you could use instead. Um, 
And you also have healing kits, so you can actually turn into somebody who drops healing packs on the ground and throws down vials of uh, like antidotes to cure status effects and mm. things like that. And it's very, and you look very steampunkish. Like your dress, you have like yeah, that would cloak. appeal to me. I'm a fan of. It steam was pretty punk. cool. So I played these. The yeah. the one I made was the large Nords, which are like barbarians from EverQuest, like really big humans. And so yeah. I made this version of it, and it was this huge uh, tune with like all of the trappings of steampunk all over it. So, but you can color code. Like the character creation was really nice. It really gives you a lot of customization options. So you can really make a character that appeals to you and. It has a good chance of being pretty unique looking. So did you only play the one class of character, the only one race of character? No, no, I play? played all five. Okay. I made all five just to take a look and see what their starting zones look like and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like what surprised me is the little guys whose name escapes me at this, the Ashura or Asura, I think they're called. They're like the they little, they're of course the obligatory short race that is very smart and good at technology. Right. Gnomes. Gnomes, yeah, but in the this equivalent. Case, they look more like um, goblins. No, what was that one Disney film with the little Martian? with the girl in Hawaii. Oh, uh, Lilo and Stitch. Lilo. Stitch. It lo they look like Stitch, basically. You have my attention. So <laughs> They're adorable, then. They're, they're cute looking. Yeah. You go to them, and I've, I've never, I never play short races. I hate short races. They are the most conceited little bastards. <laughs> they, I had more fun than I ever would have imagined because they basically are like, we're the most intelligent creatures on this planet. Everybody else is eventually going to be working for us, so why not flaunt it? And they are just bastards. <laughs> so it was kind of like, and especially when you go through like the 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 nature spirit people, and they're you know very obviously in tune with nature, and everybody kind of is either you know the barbarians are very rowdy, but they're honorable, and you get to these guys then, and they're just like. Yeah, they, oh, that person sucks. They suck. I'm, you know, I'm the best. Don't even tell them that I sort of like their design because really they'll just get a big head. <laughs> so it was good, and the classes all played very differently from one another. And you know, and again, the thing keeps kind of coming back to is like, and this is going to be free to play. Yeah, I don't. Right. I just have to buy the game, and I get all this um, gameplay wise. It reminded me a lot of Warhammer Online because there's a lot of public questing. Okay, so they've adopted that. Which, is which, fun. Which Blizzard never really did. We expected no. Blizzard to Hoover that one up, and they haven't. Maybe Pandaria will have it, but yeah, they they jumped real like head on. Like you have a quest hub where you go there, and the interesting thing is, it's like, well, help this person out. And here's six different ways or four different ways you can help the person out. You can kill the animals attacking their farm. You can water their plants. You can feed their cows. You can whoa, deal whoa, with whoa, these whoa. mole health. Farmville? Sort of. Except it's in the context of like giant worms attacking you while you're trying to run around. Not so this. much Farmville. Yeah. So Oregon Trail then. There yeah, you exactly. died, you've died. You've died. dysentery. dysentery. <laughs> yeah. So it has that. And then, but in the middle of said farm... Do you have an option to poison the well? Yes. <laughs> no kidding. In the middle of said event though, a large worm can jump out of the ground. Now if you've got a event happening and so everybody can team up to deal with that event and then mixed in it it has kind of the star wars personal story because you get this quest that says go here and you go into your own instance and deal with whatever your personal story is for okay. your class so they have the what was the uh tour name for those events that were story driven uh Fl no, Not flashpoints, flash points, but there was another word for the personal ones that were story-driven. Instance, I don't yeah, remember. I don't but yeah, mean. I mean, that's what basically, you go there and says, do you want to enter the instance? You go into it and you get like cutscenes of your character talking to whomever and kind of setting the stage for what you need to do. And so I got to a number of those on different classes. And though they seem to be more, it's much more based on your race. And when you're designing your character, we saw this at PAX, you pick which 
mm-hmm. event you have in your background. So right. like the tree folks can have things like they got a vision of this white stag or they got a vision of a green knight that can't be killed. And so whichever one you pick, then you kind of your story follows that. We um, are the knights who say right. me. So it's overall graphics were good. Your turn tomorrow. A good the green night. Yeah. <laughs> a good chunk of disconnects over the weekend. Um, so definitely server stability. I'm going to be curious to see how they pull that off in a month. <laughs> yeah, so they have a month to get ready because yeah. I think this game is going to be loaded the first few weeks. It sure feels. I mean, I, again, yeah. because of the no monthly fee, I think you'll have a lot more people willing to take a flyer on it mm-hmm. right off the bat. So we'll see. It's, it was engrossing enough, and they had enough other things to do. They had like a little... Bar, not bar fight, but uh, on this big frozen lake, the barbarians had this game you can start and just join, and it's like you're trying to run barrels of ale back to your, it's like capture the flag with yeah. barrels of ale, and you ha- get a whole new set of abilities where you're punching or knocking people over, and it's this whole kind of PvP fight that occurs that's like a sub thing to what's going on, and you have vistas you have to try to get to a la Assassin's Creed, where you have to do a bunch of jumping puzzles a little, a little to, try, yeah, to try to get up to these air, these points, and all of that counts as experience, all of that gives you... Uh, you know, unlocks. unlocks for the game. So, it did you did you sense grindy stuff in there? Like how much grindy stuff? I Obviously, there's some grindy at stuff at the heart of it. It's an MMO still. So, yeah. right. I mean, you're still going to these places. You you may have various activities to to complete the area, but you're still going there to get experience and to complete the area. Right. So yeah, you still spend some time grinding. You also have the grindy effect that each weapon has to be. You have to unlock skills with your weapon through usage. So, oh, EverQuest. So if oh, I God. like, not quite like that where you're just getting points, mm-hmm. you actually have ability. So I start off, I get a two-handed sword. If I haven't used a two-handed sword yet, I have to beat on things to unlock my second ability with my two-handed sword, and then my third, and fourth, and fifth. And then if I'm using an offhand that I've never used before, I have to unlock that. But you unlock it for the entire group of weapons, as I understand it. So you only have to do it once. Right. So if you're working with a one-handed mace, then if you get a new one-handed mace, you don't have to unlock the skill sets again. I remember in WoW, you know, getting an unbelievably cool drop and saying, well, got to level up my staff. Right, (laughs) right. So, I mean, it has that feeling, but not like the WoW or the EverQuest of like, oh my god, I got to go find like level one things to just wail away on on because I can't hit them. You can hit them. All that doesn't say and change. It's just how many abilities do you have when you go at something. So you spend the beginning of the game switching your weapons whenever you get something new just to get that stuff unlocked. And then from there, as you hit level five on, you start doing unlocks via a talent-type system. And in other news, uh, Pusar has the plague. Yep. Just saying. That happens. This is interesting because I was reading up on the granddaddy of them all, pretty much, Ultima Online. Mm -hmm. And their grand plans they originally had for the ecosystem where everything was supposed to be interlocked. So you kill all the rabbits. So the wolves don't have enough food. So the, the wolves, wolves start, start going to die. After, no, the wolves start going after the deer. Ah. Right. And the deer population goes down. And the dragons normally eat the deer, don't have any food, so they start attacking towns. Oh, that's cool. They right. underestimated the desire of people to just grind. And so they would just slaughter everything they could find. <laughs> And the system just collapsed during beta, and like, this is never gonna work because the players aren't gonna act like people in an ecosystem. They're gonna find the 
power leveling sure. path of least resistance to the next ding. Right. And they just this ripped out the entire code base and said, oh, well, it was a grand idea. Yeah. It's a system failure. Yeah. They, they have to understand how people behave in game right. versus how people would behave in an actual my, my, so setting. I, my favorite demotivational poster is the, the power leveling one where you have the mouse maze where the mouse has just punched through all the yeah. walls to go diagonally across it straight to the cheese, like power leveling. Right. <laughs> yep, exactly. Like, righty then. That describes many people I've known on MMOs. Yeah, no kidding. Mm. <sighs> so there you go. I think it's definitely worth the buy. I mean, pre-ordering now, since that was the last beta weekend, doesn't have much <laughs> benefit any longer. However, uh, you have a month till it supposedly is going to definitely release and I'm excited. Supposedly, for it. definitely. Supposedly, definitely. We'll yeah. see. I mean, depends. They may get out of this beta weekend and go, oops. Yeah, uh, maybe a little longer. We need, some stuff. we need to buy a few more blades yeah. for our server. Progress sign on it. <laughs> like, hmm. Mm -hmm. Better clean that up pretty soon. You got some work going on there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, last day of the Steam Summer Sale. Probably just as well. Yeah. One of the very uh, first things I installed on the new gaming box was Steam. Although I, I hear, Grail, that you stayed within your budget. Yeah. I managed wow. to. What was your final take? Um, I'll have to do this from memory. So I got The Witcher 2, which I was very happy. That was one of the ones I was definitely going to buy. I got Left 4 Dead 2. I got Frozen Synapse, um, Magicka, Europa Universalis 3. Uh, the Longest Journey, and then to experience the phenomenon, I got Arma 2 combined operations so I can get the DayZ mod and try out DayZ on it, which is exciting. Yeah, so the zombie simulator, because uh -huh. it is so not a game, it's a simulation. Eight. So you, sounds like you got eight. I believe so. I don't think I'm forgetting any. Eight game. major titles for 50 bucks. Yeah. Came out to be about 50 bucks with Arma, which I waited on because they had it at 20% off. I'm like, they're going to make it a daily deal. Okay. And it was consistently, every day, it was like one of their top games, even though it really wasn't on sale. And then sure enough, on the second to last day, they finally put it up for 40% off. And I was like, booyah! Yep. Patience has its reward. So I've actually, that one, I'm pulling down the, the expansion pack because it's a, it's a two-part game. Um, right now and so when i get home i should be able to start installing the mod of it i saw a fun uh, photoshop they took gabe newell and photoshopped bane's mask over his face <laughs> and said when your wallet is in ashes then you will have my permission to play mm -hmm. like, yep yeah. pretty much <laughs> they, they had some great deals i mean a lot of their a lot of great games you could have get that are re relatively recent games, even at steep, steep dif discounts. Um, Skyrim at half off, uh, Max Payne three at the same time. So, very successful sale. I'm happy I managed to stay pretty much within budget. You were saying if I don't count the sales taxes, right? Part of what I spent, then I technically stayed in budget. Yeah, I was at fifty three. Well, mm -hmm. I said, and also if I said a new game, I mean, new games nowadays run. 59 normally yeah. so i still right. was still was right around where i wanted to be so fun other gaming news blast from the past style mm -hmm. maxis speaking on sim city yeah investing quite a bit in making always online work 
The cheery response to the announcement of a new SimCity game was quickly tempered back in March by the announcement that it'll require permanent online connection to work. Mm. Welcome to the new paradigm. Mm -hmm. Video game caught with Maxis's Lucy Bradshaw to ask why SimCity won't end up mirroring Diablo 3's launch. <laughs> Area 34. Bradshaw says, you are investing quite a bit to make sure we're locked and loaded. I've heard these words before. Yeah. Um, if you've seen some of the recent launches, we've been quite flawless. Mm -hmm. I but think they were they major AAA titles, though? Right. I think that we should charge people every time they use a cliche phrase, and it locked is locked and loaded, locked and loaded, and it is inaccurate or <laughs> inappropriate to use. <laughs> Good luck with that. We're investing quite a bit in making sure we're locked and loaded. Yes, please give me a $10,000 check to hold until you prove that that's actually true. So I was watching <laughs> Falling Skies and kind of counting off on my fingers the TV tropes. So, yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, we well, got that one. And we got that one. And, and then there was that one. How yeah. much, how big of a impact, though, is the SimCity crowd going to be? I mean, I know it's a very popular, it's a game I played the first SimCity, but... Compared to a Diablo three or right. a Modern Warfare, are we actually many people are we talking here? here? Yeah, I mean their infrastructure requirements to make sure SimCity can handle the onslaught of wannabe mayors may be a little lower than <laughs> some of the other things. God, so is raging so to my funny. downtown. Let me log in. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> The union's going to strike if I don't get back online. When your Sim City is in ashes, oh, then you have my permission to log in. Man, so I, while I'm disappointed to see another on always online game. On what, what should solidly be a single player yeah. offline game. Because really, I mean, how has any of the Sim Cities ever been multiplayer? Didn't they have SimCity Online? Uh, they flirted with did it. They? it did they? Was it a Facebook well? game? I don't know. Okay, I don't know. It obviously didn't make a very big impact. Like I said, I played SimCity, and that was about it. Yeah. And I enjoyed the first SimCity, but it's never been one that I've been like, man, I really want to get back in there and build I another phase right with the, the various, the model new games like Populous. And oh, yeah. And the original. Well, Warcraft Populous is more understandable. You're a god. Yeah. With the SimCity, you're. Basically a god, but you're a god with very limited you're powers. You're a god with a budget. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, uh, and that, I mean, I just remember back those days we would play Warcraft Orcs and Humans machine to machine directly over modem to modem connection. Right. And what a big, fat, hairy deal it was that we were playing another human being. Oh, yeah, yeah. Little did we know what was coming. Exactly. <laughs> Remember those times of playing that, without a human being? That's gone. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Without a network connection. I mean, we thought we were quite something when we were doing like parallel port to parallel port mm -hmm. before we even were doing ThinNet um, or you know, Shutter. You know, we had Ethernet hubs. Yeah. <gasps> like, okay, who pulled the damn Terminator off oh, the ThinNet? Talk about those days. <laughs> so, Where's the bad Terminator? We know there's one. Yeah. Or, or someone's getting tromped in, in Doom, and oh, did that slip off my cable? <laughs> or Rise of the Triad, or any of those yeah. generation hexing. So, anyway. there you go. That's where we are going as an industry. Yeah. Gotta be on the grid. If you're not on That's the grid, right. eat me. You've got a problem. 
So the other thing that's coming up at the end of August and beginning of September is PAX. Mm-hmm. And with said PAX, they've announced their PAX 10, which is their annual list of 10 indie games that they feature at PAX. They give them their own area and a give them the full lot of press. Convention treatment. Yeah. And who have they so decided? We have Cannon Brawl, which is a PC and Xbox 360 game, which is a 2D artillery game with an RTS component as well. We have Catch-22, which is an iOS and Facebook game. This is a puzzle game where you circle an orb around another orb, collecting white dots, and then you have a trailing entity that basically mimics your moves. And then when you get done collecting all the dots, they then reappear, and you have to go backwards while dodging your trailing entity. And so it's a puzzle-type game. Uh, Next up is Containment, the zombie puzzler. Kind of says what it does. <laughs> uh, Deity, which is a PC-only game, which is a stealth action game developed by students at DigiPen Institute of Technology. Yep. Uh, features Dip. unique gameplay Dip. mechanics requiring one only the mouse to play and was inspired by such games as Diablo, Torchlight, and Batman Arkham Asylum, which is an interesting mix of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Sebastian's Joust, which is a game of motion controllers. There actually is no physical or actually it's all physical there is no digitized game for it you basically take move controllers or Wii controllers and the whole the whole thing is set to music and as the music goes slows down you have to keep your controllers still as possible as it speeds up you're allowed to move and the whole game object of the game is to make other people's controller move when it shouldn't so <laughs> this i'm sure is going to end up with a black eye you think um it's all end in tears. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, offspring. The sort of game that gets me arrested. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you want to see my controller move? Whack! Ow! There's a reason why Iolet does not play laser <laughs> So, Offspring Fling, which is a PC Mac OS game, which is a about the poor forest creatures that have been mispl- has misplaced all of her children. She'll have to fight her way through 100 levels of action puzzles platforming to get them all back home. All right. Pre- Puzzle Juice, which is an iOS game uh, that will punch your brain in the face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the game matches matches up three disparate game mechanics, block sorting, words spelling, and color matching into a single brightly colored package. Uh, challenge to uh, challenge both your spatial and uh, verbal abilities. And if you don't feel overwhelmed, then you might not be human. Cool. We are Borg. Splice, which is another puzzle game on the PC. It's an artistic puzzler. Immerse yourself in its microbial world and start splicing. Microbial. Microbial world, yeah. Uh, Every level contains a strand consisting of a number of cells that you'll need to rearrange into a target structure in several moves. Splices. Stop, because this next one, Mm -hmm. the bridge, is... One of the students, one of the people that produced it is a UAT student, Mario Castaneda. Small world syndrome. Cool. So, um, so what's it about? It's a 2D logic puzzle. It's in an MC Escher world. I've seen the um, I've seen the gameplay of it, and so it is. It's like a 2D side scroller, but it's you know it's they the logic the puzzles, and uh, then yeah, they really cheat the physics. So you turn around upside down and you go through things. Well, and it sounds it's, similar to it like is Fez. Have you ever seen? Yeah, it? very yeah. much. And the artwork is phenomenal. Well, it says the bridge exemplifies games as an art form, beautifully hand drawn art in the style of black and white lithograph. Yeah, so looks pretty. It is. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. And Mario is the artist. Cool. Mario Castaneda. 
just a brilliant, brilliant game artist. And rounding out the PAX 10 is The Swapper, which is a PC, again, a puzzle platformer. Adults uh, only. Uh, yeah, exactly. Cheese <laughs> in the bowl, what? The Swapper is an S, uh, atmospheric. atmospheric 2D puzzler platformer constructed using clay models and other everyday materials for uniquely detailed look and feel. Players explore an abandoned space station while tackling the implica- implications of The Swapper a device that can clone the user and transfer consciousness between different bodies. Read the name of the developer. Facepalm Games. Yep. <laughs> they win Dole. on the merit of their name nice. no matter what. I think Dole Games might Dole. be okay. Um, so yeah, it was cool. I, I actually I hadn't seen that they'd been selected for the, oh, they just announced it for the yeah. uh, top 10, so congratulations to uh, Ty and uh, Mario. Excellent. Amen. And that brings us neatly to our next break. You are listening to Casually Hardcore Live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Our RSS feeds are created and maintained by RSS feed creator from JitBit Software. Check them out on the web at jitbit.com or follow the link from our front page. Got a little pollen storm for you from Woodstock 4.0. This one is called Thanksgiving, but it's also known as the theme tune for the goddammit list on the forums at vtwproductions.com. We'll be back right after this. Versus the World Radio uses Typefrag Ventrilo servers. Try them out for free at www.vtwproductions.com. Once you've experienced their incredible sound quality of their high availability worldwide servers, sign up for your own vent server at typefrag.com. Use promo code VTW for a special deal. Try on all of their fantastic features, such as their money-back guarantee, instant setup over the internet, web-based control panel, live chat support, and servers based around the world, so you can always find one that is near to where you like to play. Versus the World uses Typefrag, and so should you. www.typefrag.com, promo code VTW. Thank you very much. We would like to now go from a song entreating a creator of pop culture named George to a song entreating a creator of pop culture named George. (laughs) To help us out with this, we've invited a very good friend because there's not enough beards on the stage yet. Please welcome John Roderick. Thank you. Thanks for having me, fellas. Sure thing. By the way, in case uh, you may not be able to tell from the perspective, but that bass is actual size. John Roderick is a human giant. I'm also apparently the only person in the room that is not a nerd, because I am cool. <laughs> and by declaring it, it marks you as a nerd. Oh. <laughs> uh, so this next song uh, was written around the time of this past Thanksgiving. Uh, it is called Thanksgiving. But it's not really about Thanksgiving. Uh, and I, the, the reason I mention when we wrote it is because somewhere in the second verse, and you'll know it when you hear it, uh, there's some lyrics that got a little bit dated, uh, but we're glad about that, so we keep them the way they are. You'll understand it. <laughs> As this time of year comes round again, I find myself reflecting on all the things for which I'm grateful, like my family and friendships. And the fact my life is relatively free from pain and tragedy There's so much I am thankful for, but still 
If there's someone or something out there responsible for all of this and listening to me thank them, then I ask you, sir or madam, would you kindly tell George Lucas to stop screwing with our trilogy? And on behalf of all of us, say, George, please fucking stop. I am thankful for the Firefly crew, especially for Kaylee. And I'm thankful that I don't live to see the rise of the machines. And I'm thankful that Joss Whedon is directing the Avengers. And speaking of directors, hey there, George. A movie is a snapshot of the era. It was made in like a painting or a photograph or even this song's lyrics. And we won't go back to change them. If Avengers ends up sucking, we'll just shrug and then we'll go make something new. So fucking stop. Everybody knows Darth Vader didn't say a goddamn word when he threw the Emperor down the Death Star 2's reactor shaft. And everybody knows that Greedo never even fired. When Han shoots first, it sets up his entire moral journey. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Not a nerd. <laughs> Plus, it's cool. I know that in the scheme of things, it's just a first world problem, and there's many more important issues. Even so, I'm asking you that if you're not too busy with the problems of the universe, and if you have a moment, I would sure appreciate if you drop in on Mr. Lucas, maybe grab him by his neck beard, and then vigorously shake him and say, George, it's very simple. Just release the goddamn Blu-rays with the versions we remember then shut up and take our money and then please please fucking stop John Roderick You are listening to VTW 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 Productions 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 Dot com Dot com Dot com Dot com Dot com Versus the World Radio Researched Chaos Casually Harker continues live on Versus the World Radio VTW Productions Dot com. Dot com. Research chaos. That's when all of you bring all of us interesting things to talk about. Now the name, and I just, of course, browsed away from the proper page <laughs> because I suck that way. And the Casual Research Team, their, the fruits of their labors are always available for public review as a sub-board of the Casually Hardcore Board on the forums. The contributors today are... Can I read them? Well, the name okay. is the Night of the Unliving Sopa Edition, as named by Fangs with the Z, and it's a Z what makes it cool. And Yep. So Fangs was there, and MacBit. Not MacBit. And 
Aid, and Sen Raven, and Sean Caster, and uh, Deus Hex. And no Boba Fetish. Nope. nope. Not even nope. on the video wall. That's actually Agrius SW and the Boba Head. He's hiding. He's gone. Damn it. Yeah. He must be busy. Like, really busy. Life happens. Yeah, it does. We've noticed that. Yeah, we were paying attention. So in strange symmetry to the first part of our show, back to the Apple Store, Mm -hmm. where they've actually now had a Trojan appear. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Which is probably why they're going to take a little extra time with your app there. (laughs) Yeah, somebody snuck one through finally. Yeah. That um, that has gotten caught. Yeah, that has been noticed, but uh, basically acted as a... Uh, gets on your phone or on your device, looks at your contact list and phone numbers and starts SMS texting people to download the app. Mm-hmm. So nothing, Even. it's not bricking your device, but still it's the first times one of these has successfully gotten all the way through the store and, or through the uh, review process and right. made it onto the store for sale and then uh, was downloaded on a number of devices. So... Yeah, I think that review process might get a little more stringent, especially because there's I'm also... Sure get, how it could get more stringent. Well, It's already pretty we'll freaking... Because they've also had reports of another app there, or not an app, but a uh, some modifications you could do to your device to get around paying for apps as well. Oh, done really? Done by a Russian developer who... Those crazy rescues. ...figured out a way to install a couple certificates on your device, um, like CA-type certificates, mm-hmm. and then pointing your Wi-Fi, doing something to the DNS of your Wi-Fi. And it then, when you went to the store, it basically, unless there's a setting that the app, the app developer can make to have it verify your purchase. If that was flipped on, it, this wouldn't work. If that was not flipped on, you basically fooled it into thinking a transaction had happened. And so Apple's had to go back and patch that vulnerability as well. And this is, to me, just a case of Apple has gotten very popular. Mm-hmm. And the reason why Apple and Macs were always... One, one theory as to why they were so uh, resistant. resistant to viruses and such is that they just weren't widespread enough that who, who would spend their time developing for that when they have so many lovely Windows systems out mm-hmm. there? Well, that's starting to change. And that whole closed architecture that makes everything flow to one another might have a little bit of a flaw because it's pretty easy then to develop a virus that would affect every iOS device, not just an mm-hmm. iPad or an iPod or iPod Touch or whatever. So it's interesting. And probably definitely we'll start seeing a little bit more of this because as developers go, well, time to forgo the Windows machines. Let's, let's focus on the Macs and developers, the, the iOS. Developers, developers, developers. That's right. Okay. I am fascinated by looking at this picture of Steve Wozniak's travel backpack. <laughs> I'm in love with this man. This is awesome. It's because you married me and that's me. I, I, I'm, I'm looking <laughs> at this. I, I'm literally like, oh, I have to go. And I saw one thing that I didn't know what it was. And I had to go look at it. And look it? it up, and it was the mute watch. Um, they have a great. He has a gray mute watch and a white mute watch um, on there, and it is a uh, a product that released in July of 2011. It is actually a watch, um, and it is it's just this really sleek, gorgeous. 
um, looks like a wristband and you can choose whether or not it shows up as numbers and it's simple and intuitive. Tap the flat surface and the touch screen lights up, then swipe through the functions, clock, alarm, and timer. It's a multi-touch wristwatch. Um, and then, of course, they've also got in the picture... Yeah, set, um, set the stage. What, which what is was, this all? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. This is... It's, it's a picture and a description of the things that Steve Wozniak actually carries in his travel backpack when he's traveling. And there were a couple of exceptions, like there were a couple of cords that, um, connectors that he would carry in his suitcase rather than in his travel backpack. But it's, he's got his iPad, Janet's iPad, he's got a jam box, and I'm looking at all the things that he owns that I own too, and I'm like, mm -hmm. could we line up? A MacBook <laughs> Pro, uh, an iPad, case keyboard, um, the Kindle, the um, Mophie, um, there's like, I think, eight phones. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's eight phones or phone-like devices in that there's two Garmin's in there, which are obviously, you know, GPS, GPS devices. Right. But still, they're small handheld. Um, they've got their b charging spare batteries, their iPod Nanos on their wristband forms. It's the like, whole nine yards. There's it's a Kindle awesome. in the back there. Yep, um, I saw it. I saw the Kindle, and they've got a obviously um, a portable like terabyte hard right. drive uh, backup drive there, and then all the connectors and all the chargers and all the everything are hilariously um, plugged in. Yeah, I mean it fills half a table worth of stuff, and the the MacBook's actually kind of off camera off even. the screen right. yeah and if you go down to the article though he's like because this is actually written by steve he he said I'll, right. I'll explain everything that's in there and he goes there's a lot more things in my backpack and he has this huge list of connectors sharpies various credit cards hotel cards flat uh flash keys cigarette lighter dual usb adapters two dollar bill pads uh, Bluetooth mouse. Yeah. I mean, just a huge list of stuff. So red, blue, purple, yellow, and green laser pointers. That's important. <laughs> it's very important to have. <laughs> it's really, really awesome. It's at a full, it's, it weighs around fifty pounds. Um, estimate. He says sometimes TSA takes a long time unpacking my backpack. Uh -huh. <laughs> I bet. A couple of times they've asked me to take out everything electronic, and I've asked for seven bins. All of which I filled, only two half size, plus my MacBook Pro, plus the bag. All of that through the x-ray machine, then repack it. Steve, you're doing it right. <laughs> if you ever see Steve in line as you're waiting to get through security, I pick another line. Pick the other line. <laughs> <laughs> it's like seeing one of those ultimate couponers in the grocery. Yeah. Like, you do Steer not want to be behind that. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I'm literally, I'm like, this is, I, I, I'm like, oh. I am happy with that te level of technology spread mm -hmm. out across that table. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, mmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I saw that picture and I said, I have to talk about this one. Yeah. And I also like that he's not Apple exclusive. You nope. can see him. He's got the Kindle. He's got um, an, a Droid Razor. He's got a Galaxy Nexus. He has two Galaxy um, Nexuses actually in there. Galaxy Nexi. Yep. Yeah. And uh, AT&T. And then he's got some that are unlocked. Right. Right. iPhone 4S, AT&T, unlocked. Yeah. So. It would have been hilarious if you said one of them was jailbroken. I would have died. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that would have been fun. I don't I'm think willing to would bet do they that. probably are. He's just probably, yeah. I don't think, yeah. yeah it's I'd unlocked, in quotes. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. 
Oh, um, man. Almost every USB cable is retractable. Right. <laughs> Important. Oh, size yeah, keep, matters. Keep things Compact nice. it down into one bag, but lose no functionality. Hey, at least he's a tech geek. I'll take it. He's you know, the prototypical yeah. hardware nerd. Yeah. It's always been his, his thing. He was always the hardware guy. Steve was right. the marketing guy. Right. Nothing yeah. in my backpack goes unused, although the Bluetooth mouse is close. Yeah. <laughs> Bluetooth mouse is close. A lot of mouse That's going understandable. Going on these days. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, everything's touch. Right. And you're getting used to it. Why would you, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Oh, let's see. Next up, we have uh, Patent Troll finally targets Minecraft now. Yeah. Yay. On what grounds? Oh, uh, method of authentication is basically what they're going after him with, is saying that they're doing uh, a... <laughs> let me get to where it actually states what the patent is. Uh, it's infringing on one or more claims of their 067 patent in this judicial, uh, judicial district by or through making use, offering for sale, selling, and or importing Android-based applications for use on cellular phones or tablet devices that require communication with a server to perform a license check to prevent unauthorized use of said application. So basically they're saying that it's due to the way it authenticates. Patents on, should never have been granted for yeah. software. And that's Notch's view as well, who's the developer of Minecraft, who's basically said, step one, wake up. Step two, check email. Step three, see we're being sued for patent infringement. Step four, smile. Unfortunately for them, Notch continues, uh, they're suing us over a software patent. If needed, I will throw piles of money at making sure they never get a cent. Mm-hmm. So... Pretty sad of state that we're in. That they, and this company basically that's all they do is just file patents and hope some company that has some money trips over one of them and then they try to sue them. According to their press res, uh, representatives, they have about a 33% success rate on these. All right. Which is obviously must be enough to pay the bills because they keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So not good. However, I don't think Minecraft is going to have any ill effects from it. Uh, it seemed pretty loose based. In uh, in the wording of the article, yeah. Uh, ah. controls, <laughs> I just don't. You know, like, Stifling innovation, demanding money for producing nothing. Right. I just they are they are the worst types of humans. Leeches. Yeah, the sponges that take and give nothing back. That's right. Ugh. But I'm not bitter. Yeah. Or anything like so that. So I, I just had a moment where I had to figure it out. Okay. What was your moment? Um, the zombie soap. Zombie soap? Right. Um, zombie Jesus. Congressman, Sweet zombie Jesus. Congressman introduced pieces of defeated Bill with, res- with support from former opponent right. ISA. Right. Um, okay. So I saw ISSA and I thought it was the International Security Systems oh. Association. No, that's somebody's name. And no, and so I was like, wait, they, he actually got the ISSA as an organization to sign on to this? I'm no. like, I can't imagine that they would actually do that. And no, it's U.S. Representative Darren Issa, right. an early opponent of SOPA. And this so, is from Lamar Smith. I'm like, which meh. anti, uh, or excuse me, uh, pro-privacy um, mm-hmm. people have learned to watch his every move like a hawk. Because he tries to slip this stuff in where it doesn't belong, tries to sugarcoat it and rename it and sneak it through because he's owned lock, stock, and barrel by the major entertainment industry. Right. And so we, we being the sensible people of the internet, all banded together and managed to 
crush the Stop Online Piracy Act mm -hmm. and its uh, bastard child Pippa as right. well. And now bits and pieces. This is from uh, TechCrunch. It's alive! Hollywood is Hollywood's darling U.S. Representative Lamar Smith is attempting to reanimate portions of the Stop Online Piracy Act bit by bit. The Intellectual Property Attaché Act slipped in for consideration over the weekend. It revives one of the sneakier portions of SOPA to create a global, internet, bleh, global intellectual property task force charged with aggressively promoting anti-piracy law around the world. Now, I've got to give him props for creativity for the method he's attempting to create this police force out of diplomatic attaches. Right. So basically, our embassy staff are getting, would, under this idea, would be deputized and would have to consider the U.S. version of copyright law spelled out in this in every move they make as, as diplomats. Why? Precedent setting? How is that going to help them do their jobs as diplomats? No, not at all. But that's the extent to which these jokers are willing to go to try and get the draconian measures like the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, the kinds of crap they've been able to get through here and strong arm other parts of the world into obeying. Oh, yeah. Now, anyone who's been watching... Well, let me... I'm going to comment on how this is stated below. I'm reading... Um, Representative Darren Daryl Issa's statement. It's why he's statement in as to why he's in support of it, and the way his statement reads is it, it, it really clouds the concept because he's talking about um, IP attaches, intellectual property infringement in foreign countries where we're experiencing high levels of IP theft. Read mm -hmm. China. That's one way you could read it. So you look I at it and you that's say, the way the industry no, it's not it. the way that I agree. It's definitely going to be used improperly. But he's covered this with a, currently we are experiencing an incredibly high level of corporate espionage and an incredibly high level of hacking for corporate secrets and research secrets theft. That's primarily where a lot of the, the hacking is focusing at this point right. from those from those particular countries. And it is something that we need to be really cautious and conscientious of. So I can see people being fooled mm -hmm. by well, the I way this statement is structured. That's great. That stuff's already illegal. We don't need new law. Just because our enforcement is crap doesn't mean we need to write new, potentially international law. Which right. is what this is attempt. This is attempting to strong arm, and if you've been looking at the mega upload and the whole Kim.com, I will now use the term fiasco, uh -huh. where the U.S. just marched into New Zealand, broke their laws, right, and are now sitting over here in the U.S. saying, "So, what <laughs> you gonna do about it, New Zealand? We stole." a citizen of New Zealand's equipment, exported it to the U.S. without the permission of the New Zealand government. And we are refusing to send back even a copy. 
They're basically saying, yeah, Mr. Dotcom, uh, form your defense. No, you may not see the evidence against you. So we broke New Zealand's laws, broke some international laws by transporting stolen goods across international borders, and now we're breaking our own laws. Yeah. And the FBI is basically saying, what are you going to do about it? And you wonder why we are perceived as thugs by the rest of the world. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because who's pulling the strings of that operation? RIAA, MPAA, and all the money involved in them, and all the representatives like Mr. Lamar Smith that they own. We live in a corporatocracy, whether you know it or not. This is just, you need look no further I, I than I sincerely this. hope everybody knows that at this point. You, I hope nobody's living really under a rock that says we're not. That who's oh, really I would say the 50% show. of the electric thinks that we're not. All those <laughs> south of the Mason-Dixon, yep. Well, there's a lot north, too. That's true. I don't think it's geography anymore. <sighs> Stupid knows no bounds. But you, you, <laughs> That's but you, true. <laughs> but you look at, you know, what would drive... U.S. federal law enforcement to do these crazy things in this particular case. And the easiest question is to ask, who benefits? Right. And the, who, the, only, the only people who benefit from this entire mega upload thing are producers of music, video, and movie entertainment in the United States then who's in charge? Right. If they're the only ones benefiting, I mean, do, do you need clearer evidence than that as to who's calling the shots? Deep sigh. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> Not that Kim.com isn't a complete freak of nature, but he's a complete freak of nature that has rights. Right. I mean, the guy changed his name to .com, for God's sake. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's freaky deaky. <laughs> Though if I had billions of dollars, I would probably have an inflatable tank on my grounds as well. Cause yeah. it, just because. <laughs> Why not? Apparently. Yeah. That's, um, be afraid. Be very afraid. All right. That handily brings us to another. No, wait, I'm going to hijack oh. the last Ooh, hijack. couple Do minutes it. here. Go for it. Uh, just more talk. Because I actually did this weird thing where you look at words on pages and you actually like comprehend then what they say. Like and pa it, they paper? Well, not actually paper. Okay. It was, it was, I don't feel too bad. It was then. digital or liquid. Uh, I finally read Ready Player One. Ah. Ah, it was good. Ernest Klein. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, especially I mean, if you grew up in the '80s, yeah, this is for us. It's awesome. I mean, this is right up our, our sweet spot. So I finished reading that. I re definitely recommend it. You can get it on Audible because I know that's how you listen. Yeah, to I got it, it on Audible. It was awesome. And that's Will Wheaton <laughs> reading it as well. Uh, but I mentioned to a friend of mine who was reading a different book, or had finished reading a couple books, and he, funny enough, he's like, well, what's Ready Player One about? And so I kind of told him the plot. He goes, I have a book for you. It's called Damon, as in like a Linux right. background Damon, uh, by Daniel Suarez. And it's almost the same plot of a game designer who's super wealthy, super intelligent, dies. But he's also kind of crazy. Okay. <laughs> and he goes on a murdering spree using tools over the internet using scripted events and you're not really sure if it's him doing it i'm not far enough in the book to know 
what's exactly going on, but that's the premise that's laid out at the start. And using all these things and basically leaving messages for the police, like, I've already died, so, by the way, I'm starting to kill people. And obviously, this, beyond is, the grave. this is part of a large plan uh, using vulnerabilities in our current system. But he's really detailed in how he lays out how things are accomplished. And if you have any tech leaning it, you can appreciate the the thought the that went into some of this, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's very tied because he's a game designer, so it's also very tied into a game world, um, and it's really good. And there's a, apparently two books in the series. I'm reading the first one, which is called uh, Damon. The second one is Freedom. Awesome. So, yeah, okay, good books. Definitely take a look at them. And uh, just a reminder for the next segment that uh, the Colin topic is the dark side. To last week's question. Worst gaming experience. What is Emma? one no, of no. your worst <laughs> gaming moments? That's right. You are listening to Casually Hardcore Live on Versus the World Radio, VTWProductions.com. Just a reminder, no Emperor's Court this week, so the stream dies at the end of... Oh! <laughs> Damn, those family obligations. We'll be back right after this. Hi, this is Will Wheaton from Radio Free Burrito, and you are listening to Versus the World Radio. Uh, we met this next young lady uh, a number of years ago on the internets, and then we met her in person, and uh, she has pretty much cornered the market on Adorable. And as some of you may recall last year, we discovered upon walking into the venue that their liquor license was such that we could allow no under-21 people in the building at any time. Which included this next young lady who had to do her sound check and then sit out on the loading dock until it was time for her set. She had to be escorted in by security who stood there on stage while she did her set and then escorted back out again. But she rose above it and held what many uh, claim is a much better concert than Woodstock, out on the loading dock during intermission, came to be known as Molly Stock. This year, we're not in that venue anymore. She's over 21, and she is free at last. Please welcome Molly Lewis. Um, this first song is about happiness, and I've got, I've got, it's on a ukulele, so I mean, you can't really play an unhappy song on ukulele anyway, so this is me overdoing it. It's called I Pity the Fool. I used to get upset over giant paper cuts and math equations. Nothing stuck in my craw more than dogfights and shopping malls and tax evasion. And sexist tabloid culture and Brangelina and paparazzi. And Proposition 8 and discrimination and neo-Nazis. But anymore these things don't seem to bother me. Ever since I started hanging out with Mr. T He told me to stay out of drugs and drink my milk And treat my mother right And I pity the fool who disagrees (laughs) 
I disliked Lady Gaga for her weird-ass voice and that stupid hair of hers. And it felt like J.K. Rowling conspired to kill off all my favorite characters. I disliked all the people I had to ride with on the commuter bus. If Nancy Grace and I were to meet, I would have kicked her in the uterus. But my attitude has had a total overhaul. Since Mr. T told me how to forgive them all He said let the naysayers nay I don't care what they say It's all jibber jabber anyway And I pity the fool who cannot rhyme I must move on, gotta help more kids and gotta spread my knowledge. I said, T, please don't go. He said, hold it, kid. You're old and you're in college. He said, you know all that I know. I can't teach you nothing. I swear it's true. Go out and live your life because there's so much goodness in the world for you. You go watch as Bob Ross paints himself some happy trees. And those happy cows on TV make you happy cheese. And then he dug in his spurs and rode into the sky on that thing from the never-ending story. And I pity the fool who messed with tea. Hi, this is Will Wheaton from Radio Free Burrito, and you are listening to Versus the World Radio. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Nerds with opinions. Casually Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Nerds with Opinion segment where you warm up your copies of Skype and point them to the VTW Shows account. You can also go to front vtwproductions.com and look in the lower right-hand corner for the I'm Online icon. And if you have Skype click to call properly installed, it will call us. I'm hearing voices. Yeah. Welcome to Casually Hardcore. You're on the air. Who's calling? This is True. True. Leading hey, the charge as usual. What is your reaction to today's uh, topic? Oh, I can tell you stories, but <laughs> I can. But uh, I remember this one Firelands run in WoW, where basically everything that could go wrong did go wrong. People lagging out, people DCing. I actually lost power for five minutes. Luckily, the UPS kept in long enough for me to survive the boss. And then on the next boss pull, my computer hangs up. But it didn't just hang up, my entire SSD fried. Oh. Ouch. That's depressing enough so it's not like gaming. <laughs> so it's like I'm trying to get my computer going, my SSD's fried, and I'm like texting the guild saying, um, I'm off for the night until I reload, grab another hard drive and reload here. It's like, oh dear, what else can go wrong? Uh, I've never asked that question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Monitor explodes at that point. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that would be... Yeah, getting disconnected during a raid is really a frustrating experience, and losing hardware would only, you know, expound upon that. <laughs> uh, yep. Um, by the way, guys, I don't know if you remember, a few months ago, after you guys read Ready Player One, you, I asked for book recommendations. I recommended Demon at the time. <laughs> oh, did you? Okay. Yes. I'm trying, yeah, I know I'd heard of it from other places, and so that's why I actually believe my friend's recommendation. So there you go. It takes multiple sources. Trust me. <laughs> You'll love it. Uh, yeah, so far I'm about a quarter through it. It's been really, really engrossing. So thank you for that. Uh, Excellent. Now, uh, sneaking in under the wire, 
some guy. <clears throat> I have a really important question. Seven. How much, how much DKP did the boss get for downing his computer? <laughs> 50 DKP minus. That was Firelands. DKP yeah. was dead by That's then. That's true. Dead, yeah. Buried, buried in soft yeah. peat for three months. Recycled as fire lighters. Yep. Well, I'm going to wind the uh, the Wayback Machine back a little bit uh, to an earlier era of gaming, which was probably my low point in, in gaming history. Although, uh, it still persists to this day that I am really terrible at driving in Grand Theft Auto games. Um, I love those games. I love the aspect of uh, building your criminal empire from you know, some street thug up to this master overlord. But anytime they try to put me behind the wheel, I, I end up just crashing and burning and failing all those missions and having to uh, have somebody do the driving missions for me or skip them if I can, unless it's one that is necessary to progress the storyline. I'm stuck. But there was a moment uh, when Grand Theft Auto San Andreas came out, and um, if you remember back in the early 2000s, kids, uh, you still had to be attached to your gaming console via a cord. Right. Uh, they didn't have wireless controllers yet. Um, one of the freshmen, uh, I was in my college house, and one of the guys that was hanging out was a freshman, was laughing at me for not being able to ride, uh, master the mechanics of riding the bicycle in San Andreas. I was just having trouble picking it up. It was just the night that the game came out. I unplugged my controller and choked him with the, co the cord. That's that's hazing. No problem. This was a pledge, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's, that's, but, that, uh, that's expected. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he deserved it. How dare he laugh at me? But the game frustrated me so much that I attempted to kill someone. Wow. Yeah, that's, that happened. That that's, There you go. Yeah, no, I remember the drive, especially the racing missions in any uh, Grand Theft Auto game just kill me where you have to do a timed race and you have to go through the actual points on the map. Oh, that was driving me up a wall. Those are hard, but they're usually a skippable thing. You can go around, right. you know, it's a side thing. But there's actually, I'm stuck in Grand Theft Auto V because I'm down to one mission. I need it to progress the story. And it's something where, oh, this guy did something, jumped on a motorbike. You got to chase him, jump in a car and chase him down. And he drives throughout the city. And I can't catch him and I can't do anything. And it's worth <laughs> on those missions because on the racing missions, they take out all of the bystanders and the traffic. So you're just on the streets pretty much by yourself and the other racers. Those The AI of the other drivers in that game seem intent on driving into your car, flipping you over, and killing you. And I just oh, can't yeah. do it. Yep. Yep. That's that's the beauty of the game, I guess. <laughs> it is frustrating as all heck. I mean, all the And all the Grand Theft Auto since 3 have had that mission or two in it that does that to you and i'm so i'm hoping in the next grand theft auto game that looks amazing they release screenshots for that they somehow find a way to fix this no <laughs> judging from rockstar's track record i wouldn't count on that <laughs> not so much no well maybe i'll enjoy the first third of the game up into the there point where I <laughs> there is that all right some reason I can't add people to conferences, so I guess I get to unceremoniously hang up on him. All right. Answer this one. Okay, Plague Bearer, how you doing? Oh, you still come through clear, even with your mouth sealed. <laughs> yeah, actually, I pulled off the all that makeup off, but because ah. I wanted to call in, and it's quite impossible to speak when your mouth is covered by three layers of latex. Gotcha. 
Cut it open or peel it off, one or the other. <laughs> so, what's your uh, what came to your mind when we said worst gaming experience ever? Uh, it was it was a shiny afternoon. The wind was bright. The sun was in the sky, and the entire right. guild was standing right in front of Nefarian's throne. <laughs> Go on. We were standing right in front of Nefarian's throne. There had been some guild drama and some hunters that was unhappy with our guild leader and. All of a sudden, between two wipes on Nefarian, uh, four hunters left the guild, and then the guild disbanded. <laughs> wow. wow. All that over some hunters. Don't they come in six that. packs? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I never quite found out what happened, but uh, I experienced a guild disband in front of Nefarian's throne while we were waiting for a respawn. Beat that. Wow. <laughs> I don't want to try to beat that, actually. That that just sounds like not fun at all. That was pretty extreme. But fun fact is the, the guild, the former guild master then said, Oh, I bet you'll never take down Nefarian now, not without me. We proceeded. We remade the guild. We had everybody return to the guild, save for him. And four weeks weeks later, we downed him. There awesome. you go. See, silver lining. At which point you're screenshotting it and posting it to public forums saying, Yo, dude. Yes. Pointing it out to your former guy. Suck it. Yeah, exactly. It. Suck it. Sorry. It was great. Hard and uncomfortably. <laughs> Sorry. All right. <laughs> yes, you did just say that. Well, the guy is a black dragon, so we'll probably fairly mm. uncomfortable. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Once you go to Nefarian, you never go back. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're dead! That's true. <laughs> exactly. Oh, goodness. Details. Uh, so, that was a good one. Yeah. I'm seeing... Anyone else call in yet? I'm seeing contact yeah. requests come in, but that's strange. No follow-up calls. Give it a second. All righty. Grail, what yes. can you your mind? Oh, mine, actually, you, you I had multiple one. ones, but for me would be raid leading in EverQuest. Oh, Specifically, uh, a night where we were attempting Phineas, Phineas Otrigal. He was the boss of Kedge Keep. He was this giant fish. So you already were trying to get 40 or so people to function underwater. This is when and underwater this was underwater not was not fun. And it was really hard to maneuver. And it was really hard to get to points where your people could med up their mana because you had to sit to med, if you, you recall. And so you had to get to the ground. And it was, and it had ads. And it was one of the most frustrating nights ever to, for me to just like, you just, and like, it was new. It was it was mm -hmm. very new for people to raid and try to work together on that massive scale, and so and I had to coordinate everybody to this. And there's no and instances. Keep in mind, so this is a public zone where people can come in and mess with you. Too. Yeah, and I got loot done, your corpse. I got done with that. Now they couldn't loot your corpse, but they could try to kill steal the boss from yes. you. You had to do. You had to lock down the area, and then yeah, tapping the boss didn't work. If they did a higher yeah. percentage of damage than you, they got the they kill. got the kill. So it was really, but it was like I said, it was really new. It was fun. But at the end of that night, I'll never forget looking over, and I think, I think this is when Daxel was playing, because I remember her looking at me, and I got done. She's like, 
you were a bastard. I'm like, I know. I have to be. But it had to be I, done. I, I know. And like, I, I probably should stop doing this because I don't know any other way to, to get, get it done. To get these people. It's like the ultimate herding cats moment before anybody even knew that's what raiding was like. Right. So that would be definitely one of my many. <laughs> one of your many worst yeah. moments. <laughs> so uh, joining us via the Miracle of Skype, who's calling? This is AgriSSW. Want to get the formality out of the way now or later? I'd like to give a big shout out to my lovely girlfriend, Ambrosia Hartnett. So shouted. Shout out, so given. And what was your worst gaming moment that came to mind when the question was asked? My worst gaming moment is kind of a dual prong. Same game, but two different issues. And it just led to me having a really bad game experience. So the game was for uh, my, on my Xbox 360, I got uh, Final Fantasy 13. I was extreme. I was like, okay, I'd been, I'd come off of the uh, low liking of the last Final Fantasy installment. And this one had potential hope to revive this franchise for myself. So I was like, okay, let's give this one a shot. It looks good. The battle system looks better than the previous one. So let's play it. Get into the game, and I spend like maybe, oh god, like at least twelve. I poured like twelve, twenty hours into the game. And as I'm progressing through this game, I'm like, okay, these characters are pretty boring. The story is pretty loose. Don't know what's going on. Kind of get a rough idea. It's like everything's everywhere. The battle system was actually not as good as I thought it would be because uh, unlike in the traditional Final Fantasies, you don't have control of the full party. You only control the character you're running around as, and the computer controls the other two characters, which I thought was kind of dumb. And uh, pretty much uh, the way I... Uh, I put it is the game was like is like watching a movie. You're just all because there was a feature that allowed that the computer to con- control your actions. So you just keep hitting the button X. It's like okay, and your characters will do whatever, and the boss, and the characters die, and the creatures die, and you move on. And I, I just keep going through this game. Okay, when is this game gonna get good? Because <laughs> I'm just dredging through it hour after hour. Like when is this thing still gonna get interesting? When can I actually make my own party instead of having to use the characters that they're giving me. And it finally... a long, long note to you telling you that Square Enix is dead. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then it gets better, because, like, I'd say finally about mm, 60% of the games when you finally... It was when it finally opens up, it allows you to kind of make your own party. You have, the whole, you have all the characters. You can make your own party. You can do a little bit more exploration. And at that point, my Xbox 360's hard drive decided to... Die on oh, so all injury. my data just goes to the crapper, and I sit there going, "I'm not playing this again. I've dredged through this once. I am not going to dredge through it again. The game's instantly dead. I traded it in at GameStop, sold sold the game, and then I actually bought the the, the collector's edition strategy guide, which I thought would I need or I'd like to have because you know this is going to be a Final Fantasy game. It should be better than the previous right. one." And I proceeded to give that to one of my friend's girlfriends because she was all in love with the game and her Xbox wasn't working at the time. I told her, well, when you get it working and you get Final Fantasy XIII, here's the guide. I'm not going to need it. I don't want to see this again. Get this away from me. I can't even look upon it. <laughs> no, so that came out and it was horrible. And 10, 13 2 came out and my buddy's trying to get me into it. It's like, hey, why aren't you going to play 13 2? I'm like, dude, you know my... Fool my me standing once. on thirteen one. You know my <laughs> standing on thirteen one. It's like, oh no, they fixed a lot of stuff in the previous one. I'm like, dude, I didn't finish the game. I'm not going into a part two without yeah. knowing all details of part one. 
Everything I've read on part two is supposed to be it's worse. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll save myself more. I yeah. tried to sucker you in. Squeenix is dead. Mm-hmm. So yeah, t- taking a, a right jab and a left hook. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Thank you for Take having me. Have a great week. And welcome to Catching Hard Courier on the air. Who's calling? It's Gaunt. Gaunt! Hey, Gaunt. I saw you in the IRC. It's like Gaunt makes me think of the Gorn from Star Trek, the original series. Don't know why. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so what was your reaction okay, to, talking... uh, to Speaking of reaching back, uh, my thing is going to actually be twofold. I'm going to do the less reach back. First, uh, probably next to the uh, worst experience I've had in terms of gaming was just after Burning Crusade came out. I got into the game um, after managing to avoid the Evercrack forever and ever and ever. I uh, had a friend say, here, you can take over my dad's account because he's not playing anymore and we need druids. So I'm not going to level with you, but get up to level 60 and we can probably get you into a guild. So I leveled Feral Druid in vanilla from Oof. 0 to 60. Which Power, meant, brother. I, I did that as well. I, <laughs> I was packed a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And so I get to, Burning Crusade comes out. I man, don't manage to get on the first day or two. Manage to then get on, group up with some people, and they're like, oh, well, you're a druid. You'll be able to tank everything. No problem. And I'm like, okay. And after. in this expansion? Oh, no. I had no idea how. Because right. as soon as I got cat form, I had not used bear form for 40 levels. Yeah, because it was useless back then. Oh, yeah. So I, I had a great time turning up for uh, Molten Core raids, totally feral <laughs> spec. And I had, they had a, a purpose built leather set in game that was specifically to be the fire resist tanking gear for a bear. It was high armor, and then the armor multiplier was ridiculous back then. So Lord, I would, they, yeah. would, they would do the shout out, say, okay. Tanks, sound off. What's your fire resist? And I would routinely come in 100 points higher than the, the, the next guy below the main tank. And be like, uh, you're a druid, dude. Yeah. Feral druid. And my fire resist is higher. Than, and my armor's higher than his. And my life is higher than his. But you have innovate. They would, they would pick the warrior. <laughs> and say, heal. You have heal, innervate. heal and innervate. You're, you're, you're a, you are an innervate stick. Mm-hmm. Yep. I successfully I've... got them to let me tank once. On one of the sub mobs of Gar, lesser bosses, yeah. It was just it was just one of the ads you pull off of yeah. Gar while you're waiting for you know, to, to grind them down to get to him. And I was like, the only off tank still standing is like, yeah, yeah, bears can't tank, whatever. I was. But then they fixed it all in the Burning Crusade. So what was, was your at that point? But I was not yet starting to listen to Octale and Hordak. <laughs> I then went listened back to some of their archives at that point. And they were actually in the same guild, and when the guild split up, I was actually one of the people who they're like, well, we're not going to bring so-and-so along, because he doesn't know how to play and doesn't know how to tank. Because I never bloody learned. <laughs> you couldn't learn to tank in vanilla. It was, it was, it was broken. The, the feral was, was unfinished. It was kind of kludged together and said, yeah, you're kind of a, kind of a rogue, but mostly yeah. you should just heal. I mean, it was before, I mean... Boomkin form didn't even come in until the very right. bitter end of vanilla. Right. And yeah. It was totally broken when they put it in. Yep. And when That's... I uh, when I was doing the uh, when I was doing cat, I also didn't know about shred because I was always doing solo cat, which means I was in its face. Right. Right. 
This whole about, right. oh, the sneaky, sneaky rogue thing. I'm supposed to be behind the mob. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, my damage multiplier just went off the chart. Yeah. No, the I, other I, thing, real quick, though, was from even more way back. Back when I was about 10 or so years old in the mid-ish 80s, I had bought my own NES. I had my copy of Legend of Zelda, the original, sitting there playing along through it, got almost all the way to the end, and was getting ready to go into you know the ninth dungeon to go after Ganon. Talking with, talked then with my friend who had the game on the phone, he was like, oh, dude, no. If you go, if, before you've gotten any of these other things, if you go over to this place and you put a bomb right there, you can get, go in and there's this woman who gives you this ring, which you shoot Ganon one time, and he dies. So you need and to reset your game. Oh. You fell for it. I did. Oh. Oh. Let me ask you one quick question here. Did they ever find the body? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the, the body is somewhere in the outskirts of Chicago, but no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's some evil oh. first-person trolling right there. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah it's I will cool. kill you and the man next to you. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on, guys. Well, thanks Thank for you. calling. Have a good one. <laughs> Hasta luego. Hasta luego. All right, and that handily brings us to the end of the show. Damn you all. Yeah. So I never had those issues back in Molten Core because I was one of the chosen ones at that time. You were a warrior. warrior. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were one of the chosen ones. I what you're talking ones. about. I, was, I got love all over the place. I enjoy <laughs> trolling those guys. I'm like... Yeah, I'm blowing you away on the healing charts, and I'm also a better tank than you. But you won't admit it. How you like those apples? I like them apples. You're like that guy standing in the corner. I swear! And everybody goes, yeah, that's nice. Well, no, you, you literally have the conversations of, yeah, sure it is. No, I'm like, Rawr. And it's like, okay, look at my numbers. Like, Holy shit, he is. What are you yeah. supposed to do about this? But actually, in the IRC, the, the, the problem with bears wasn't their health or that. It was their crushing you took big hits. Right, they had no, there was no There was no avoidance. blocking or, or avoidance. You didn't so. have the equivalent of shield block. They didn't Everybody think. loved the the consistency of a warrior's health right. drop more than No, you would like take that. burst damage yeah. like nobody's business, except for on the firefights. Right. Was, this was the whole point. Right. It's like, my fire resist was off the chart, right. and like, this guy doesn't do crushing blows. He's all about yeah. fire damage, and I'm not going to take any. Yeah, Put him. me in, coach. Right, right. No. no. And then the yeah. tank would die. Yeah, that, yeah, there's a lot of people that didn't understand the mechanics or just basically went to whatever the website of the day was and said, okay, this is what I need to do it. Yeah. I can't deviate from the plan. The plan is there. It didn't really <laughs> equalize until they took crushing blows out of the right. game. Right, right. And because they... They, they put some weird mechanics in that were supposed to be the bear equivalent to shield block. Yeah. They never worked never right. Worked. And then it was all about you were doing ridiculous amounts of dodge right. on your bear. So you're talking about true avoidance. Yeah. But the dice say one of these times he's going to land one on you and the bear just Puh! went splat. Yeah. And if your healer was not just on it and didn't have their f- shortest cast burst heal ready... You're dead. Right. Luckily, Blizzard has removed mechanics from the game. so (laughs) It no longer requires thought. Do you remember the day I unsubbed? Yes. Patch notes. We have removed threat threat. from the game. Stop reading patch notes. Log into battle.net. Cancel sub. Retarded. Done. Yeah. Um, Because now we're... There's no point. 
I, that was the, the, the little bit as a casual player that I could enjoy with the amount of time I could invest. Mm-hmm. I could have the skill set of a good tank. And it was still a vital role. And so threat generation, threat maintenance, crowd control, and damage absorption, you know, those were the, the skills. And you could feel good about yourself as a player saying, I'm, I'm holding things together because I've got myself a good healer behind me, and I know the techniques, and now there are no techniques. Right. You tap the boss first, and scene. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. <laughs> you could spitball his forehead and right. you have aggro until the you end are of the fight. Punched. Unless you die. Right. Um, well, we'll see. I mean, that's one of the things from Guild Wars. They're trying to challenge. I, like, I did not trying see... trying to get rid of the Trinity. I did not see a single thing that says grab aggro. Right. So, and I, every character class has a heal myself button. Mm-hmm. So... We'll see. They might, yeah. they might, Maybe that'll be gone. We'll see. Might be the breath of fresh air. Because yeah, yeah, there's through the there's been a lot of mechanics that they've changed a, a, over the a years. different system. Yeah, I, mean, I don't see how it plays out. I don't envy them the challenge of having to keep it fresh. Because yeah, I can bitch and piss and moan as the best armchair quarterback in the world over here. Sure. About the removal of threat from the game. I don't have a suggestion as to what to replace it with. Mm. So how valid is my criticism, really? Well, I think it's valid if you're saying, I'd rather you have threat in the right. game. <laughs> right. So, so between right. the two, I choose yeah. threat, threat right. mechanics. Right. Yep. But if their goal is to, and it's, it's a laudable goal, to keep it interesting because, yeah, okay, if you, your, your threat mechanic's been the same for seven years... Longer, but yeah, it can. You know, how are you keeping it interesting? How are you re- maintaining your player base, and how are you keeping right. it fun for them? They probably had a meeting that said, "Okay, well, we're not keeping it fun because we haven't changed this, so let's try something new." Yeah, well, I, I'm sure. I just object to what they tried. Right, exactly. Um, I think of like a random thing, like during the fight, the roles just shift. <laughs> it's like the, like the Sim City type icons above people's heads, and there's a freeze moment, and everything shuffles, and the, now the guy who was healing is now tanking, and it's like, well, that would be interesting. That's what they're they're shooting for. I mean, from what I saw of Guild, you have basically like on my engineer, I was DPS, DPS, and I got this skill that was like med pack, and I clicked it, and my entire bars all changed, and suddenly I was able to drop health packs and do all this stuff. So. You may see that being more. Maybe you're not getting rid of the Trinity, but you're giving everybody. Everybody can it. do it. Everybody so got a piece if of the you, pie. you're never. Well, you remember the clerics in EQ? Oh, they were plate wearers, but they were heal bots. Yeah, they, I mean, I remember there was a screenshot of a person say talking about something completely random, and the first post of this guy's thing when when he responded to it was, "Why the hell do you have auto attack on your hotbar?" You're a cleric. Mm-hmm. Get that crap off there. <laughs> like, I'd kick you from my guild just for seeing that. <laughs> what is that? Because you have been doing no there. business having any type of attacks on your bar. You're a cleric. And so, yeah, hopefully they're trying to obviously break that mold where if you play this class, you're done. You're stuck doing this That's one, all you one do. thing. Yeah. You are one a trick pony. Right. So. Oh, well, we shall see. Yeah. For now, you have been listening to Casually Hardcore Live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. As usual, we wish to send thanks out to all of our volunteer groups, the volunteer research team, the art team, sound team. Uh, thank you to The Rock for beginning to help me maintain the 24-7 server in all of its glory. Uh, Bioman Alchemist for the Shoutcast servers in all of their now Unix glory. Uh, 
You can find us on the Facebook under Casually Hardcore and VTW Productions or just Versus the World Productions. Follow us on Twitter, Alpha Geek Radio, VTW Productions, Gnomewise, Izzy Grail, I-Z-Z-Y, Daxa C-H, Gwenora, and Iolite underscore C-H. You can send us emails to ch at vtwproductions.com. Subscribe to our sister feeds on the site, Alpha Geek Radio and Alpha Geek Interviews, for all of the glorious convention coverage and interview coverage. Sponsor a segment, five bucks a pop, get your name on the air, and help us pay for things like, oh, I don't know, airfare to PAX. And you can now listen to us on Stitcher Radio. If you're interested in helping us with the beta testing of the Android app and the iOS app, email me, gnomewise at vtwproductions.com, or send me a PM on the forums. Use the Amazon search tools on the Casually Hardcore page to begin your Amazon searches before you buy, and we get a small cut of that at no additional cost to you, and we appreciate it. Normally, coming up next will be the Emperor's Court. He's taking the week off to do family things, so you will be re-engaging the 24-7 server when we are done. I have been Gnomewise. I've been Eyelight. And I've been Grail. And we are out of here. Bye-bye, radio people.